for listening to the Successful Mind Podcast. Successful people learn how to make their minds work for them. We are Life Is Now, and this is the Successful Mind Podcast. Today we're talking about time. Good times, bad times. All the time. All the time. Yeah. And the the reason that I wanted to talk about timing is because it's probably one of the biggest objecti- objectives, objections. Oh my goodness. I have not had enough coffee this morning. Okay. Um, it's because it's probably one of the biggest objections people get outside of the money objection when you've got a service provider selling services. Or actually even, I'm sure it pops up in the in the product industry as well, but timing is a big is a big objection and, and timing is a big excuse too, right? So I kind of wanted to talk to you. You've got very different um, ideas of time. I mean, not you personally, but you teach <laughs> alternate ideas around time. I have a universal watch. Yeah, especially when it comes to time management. It's not the management of time. It's the management of tasks because everyone has the same amount of time, yeah. right? Nightingale used to say you can't manage time. You, you can only manage activities. It's, it's, I mean, when you really think about it, that's a hundred percent true, right? Yeah, like, yeah, exactly. Time is a constant, right? The only time is now and we only can experience it in reality in the now. Otherwise we're projecting either into the future or we're just dealing with a memory and neither one exists. In your opinion, how many people live in the past or the present? Most, most. Well, well, so people notoriously are reminiscent about the past. They live in their mind in the past constantly. Um, some t- sometimes it's good, sometimes it's bad. It haunts many, many people. Um, as you well know, guilt and shame but will just torture the fuck out of you Yeah. Uh, in, in your head as far as what happened in the past, what you can't change, what happened. If, you know, it's like that thing, if, anybody, if everybody thinks about like one moment in time where you made a mistake and you just consistently ruminate over the idea like, fuck, why did I do that? If I could just have not done that one damn thing, this whole disaster wouldn't have happened, right? Like we become aware of that. Um, and it hijacks, it hijacks our mind and causes us to live in a, in a, uh, an illusion that, that no longer exists. I mean, it's gone from the moment it passes. It's, it's history. Why do you think people hold on to that stuff? Like, is, is that just part of the human condition that we, we hold on to things in the past and, and ruminate on things in the past and wish we could change things in the past? Like, what is that? I think people are terrified of the present. Oh, say more about that. So I think that a lot of people live in a lot of anxiety about living right now, like what to do right now. There's so many things around the idea of what do I do right now? Um, I have to make a decision. I don't want to make a decision. I'm a victim. It's your fault. It's not my fault. I don't want to take responsibility. I'm afraid. I'm scared to death. I'm going to make a mistake. What if somebody sees me make a mistake? What if I'm exposed, right? What if, um, uh, you know, what if I make an error that I can't, that I can't fix? What if I hurt somebody? What, you know, we ruminate over ideas constantly. These what ifs play in our mind. And I, the reason that I think this is because here's the thing. 
uh, nature doesn't do this. Right. This is only human beings. This right. is this is the effect of consciousness gone crazy for people. But the thing is, is that most people aren't taught how to think. I think it's a very fascinating thing. Um, I think it has to do with the evolution of society. I think it has to do with our brains and our and our minds and our consciousness being bombarded by uh, all different kinds of things all, all over the place. You know, right now it's electronics, but go back a couple of hundred years when okay. life was a little bit slower. Okay. I don't think people had the same problem. I think they were way too focused on what they had to do every day, but what they had to do every day was very limited. You know, they had to plow the field. They had to churn the butter. They had to, you know. Chop the wood. Chop the wood. They had to school the kids. You know, I mean, it was very, it, it was, it was a very simpler time of life, but it was also living very close to the edge. Like if you didn't do those things, you didn't measure enough wood for the summertime to cut, you died in the wintertime because right. you froze to death. So it was all in preparation for the future. Yeah. yeah people were very busy. Right. People were very focused and there wasn't a lot of wild and weird sounds and electronics to distract them. Nor, you know, I mean, I know that there, I know that if you study history, there are times, especially depending on where people lived, where they really did worry about what other people think, because we went through several periods of history uh, where you, you could be really screwed if your neighbor said something bad about you, depending on what dictator was in charge at the time. But outside of that, if you get away from that and you just look at a person's average life, they did not have the problem that they did now. They just, they, there was no time to be anxious, so to speak. You just took action. You just took action. You were just in constant action. Yeah, you knew what that action needed to be. Every day, every day. It was very simple though. It wasn't, it, in a way, it's kind of like with, it's kind of like when you look at animals. They don't have options. They don't have all these options on their plate every single day. It's like they're just, they're either looking to mate or they're looking to feed the kids or they're looking to dig a hole somewhere or fight off an enemy. And that's it. And that's the way human beings live for thousands of years. So it was, mu it, was, it was much simpler. I think the more chaotic it gets in our external world, the more chaotic it gets in our internal world because we still do not have a fundamental way of teaching the masses how to think. The masses are manipulated constantly and from every direction. So, so it, it causes their mind not to stay focused in the present. And then they project in the future for the same reason that they live in the past. It's an escape. So the future is an escape. Yeah. Explain that. Well, if I, it's kind of like when we were kids and we would daydream. You know, it was just a natural thing for children to do. They, they daydream. They find their imagination and it's this. <laughs> wonderful playground that we can exist in. And then the teacher smacks us in the side of the head and says, hey, pay attention. You got to learn your ABCs, right? So yeah. at some point, the world starts saying we have to focus and we have to get something done. But it was the natural escape for a human being to go off in their mind and be able to use imagination. So imagination can, can be a definite escape. Um, when when you see when you see people that are having a very hard time focusing they're in in many ways they're terrified of what's happening now so they project themselves into some other time where they're not actually focused on the anxiety of what's happening now but what about people that project themselves into the future and that increases the level of anxiety 
right? You've got people, you've got a, a, well, because they're imagining a, everything going wrong. Exactly. Yeah. Like, <laughs> exactly. I mean, there's, there's the people that imagine that use the future as an escape, but there's also people that use the future as a way to stay exactly where they are. Right. Right. The what ifs, right. right? The, all the bad things that can happen. It's that, um, that fatalistic thinking, right? Like right. they don't think of the good things that could happen. They think of all the, the bad things that can all happen. All the bad things that could happen. Yeah. The worriers, right? Yes. Worrying is using your imagination incorrectly. Um, and it's an incorrect way of thinking about the future. Always worrying about something going wrong. Right. And that's different than kind of having a plan B in place, right? Well, like totally thinking different. through all of your options and making sure that you're aware of the consequences of a decision. It's, it's an is... ability that we have that allows us to expand our life, but it's gone wrong, right? It, it is, it's somebody that is, uh, it's like they're neurotic about fear. So what if, what if, what if, what if, what if, but again, Steph, if you bring it right back down to what's actually happening, it's because they don't know how to control their mind. They don't understand the laws of the universe. They don't understand cause and effect. They don't understand the real meaning behind responsibility and what that actually does for a person as far as like liberate you and be free and control of your own destiny and all of that. Mm -hmm. They have lots of craziness going out in their mind. That's not true. You know, it was interesting. The longer I live, one of the things, when I first picked up Think and Grow Rich, and I think I've told you this before, I was introduced to that book before I, I went on my mindset journey yeah. in 93 when I was yeah. working for MetLife. But I didn't understand it. But I do remember reading, I remember this one part, and, I, and it just was, I just thought it was interesting, and it's still very interesting to me today. In Think and Grow Rich, one of the things that Napoleon Hill said that people had to, learn to get over or get past or whatever was superstition. And I thought to myself, really? Like we have to get past superstition to be successful <laughs> in this day and age. And then, and I'm, this is like 1988 that I'm yeah. reading. Yeah, this, yeah, right? yeah. And I'm thinking, what the fuck is he talking about superstition? Like people are afraid if they walk under a ladder, they won't be successful. I didn't get it. I didn't realize that most of what people think to get through life is very superstitious because they don't understand cause and effect. They don't know what's actually creating their life, nor how do I actually um, determine what I want and use my mind to get it. So as I began to learn and go through my own transformation and cause and effect, and with the thousands of people that we've worked with over the years, it's like, oh, now I understand what he means by superstition. It is, it is basically any way that you think about the world that is not within the reality of the way the world really is. So it, it ties back to their podcast last week of signs. Oh yeah, for sure. Like looking for signs is a superstition. Right. 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 Cause it's not based in any form of cause and effect. It's the, it's a misunderstanding that there's this, this outside force that's putting things in front of you Yeah. or well, taking things away from you. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. I mean, think about it. Here's another way to think about it. When we're, we're the only form of life that is born into its existence with the misunderstanding of why we're here. In other words, most of our parents don't know how to tell us how to follow our own internal guidance in life because they don't know how to follow theirs. They don't even know we have it. So we're always looking for what's the right thing to do because we don't know how to trust what's going on inside. We're the only form of nature that suffers from this, right? And it's not that it's not there. It's that we were taught to ignore it. 
as kids instead of cultivating it to understand what it is. Well, I mean, if you were brought up in any religion, I mean, I was raised evangelical Lutheran, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. You are absolutely not supposed to trust yourself. No. <laughs> you were like, you're do a sinner. not. You're a <laughs> sinner. Right? And you know, um, you know, Brandon's Catholic and I remember um, his, his mom is, is pretty, is pretty devout. Love you, Mary Pat. And she, like we, we baptized both of our girls. Yeah. Catholic just because we wanted Mary Pat to, to, right to I be happy I but i had to go to classes too. and they were telling me that this this newborn baby who you know didn't even have their full mind developed Sinner. yet was born with original sin right, That's right. so you're you're in in those religions you're taught that it's not okay to trust yourself because you're born inherently wrong right right and oh, then and I then I you would... grow up in the religion and they tell you that even I mean, don't even, let's not talk about Jehovah's Witnesses where even your inner urges are, are wrong, right? Like, I mean, there's so much wrong about you that you're actually told that you shouldn't trust yourself, that you should only trust God, but then they don't. They don't, it, teach, you how, they don't teach you how to do that. They don't teach you how to do that. They don't right. teach you that God is in you. God is speaking to you. How do you hear it? How does that actually show up in an individual? Man, when I went to catechism classes when I was a kid, because I, I did all the sacraments, mm-hmm. the, whole, the whole nine yards. Um, we went to church twice a week, Sunday and Wednesday when I was, when I went to Catholic school, but when I'm doing catechism classes and we went into the original sin thing, I used to get, I had this argument that I would get into. This is what actually caused me to start looking at other denominations because I said, wait a second, do I got this right? You're telling me that if this baby's not baptized, it's going to hell. Yeah. And I'm like, I just don't believe that bullshit. I'm like, I don't believe that. you telling me we come from a loving God, but this baby doesn't get baptized because the parents are whack jobs in your, in your mind. This kid's going to hell for all of eternity. That soul's going to hell. Yeah, right? And I would get severely disciplined yeah. for, for, that, for questioning that. And I'm like, I just don't buy this bullshit. I don't buy it. It does not make sense. It's so, it so contradicts itself, right? But right. I didn't understand it. And, and the other thing is this. So many of those people just took things at face value and didn't understand the metaphorical ideas behind it, nor did they understand how to teach it. So I started going to Baptist churches, and I started going to Protestant churches and Lutheran churches. Like, I had friends in different denominations, and I would just hang along on occasion to go see what they were talking about. Like, just searching for something that made sense. and I just saw horror after horror. I'll never forget this. A friend of mine, Baptist. Uh, and they're like, yeah, come, come, right? So I'm, I'm going there, and I went for a couple Sundays in a row, and I'm sitting there, and this little girl, probably six or seven years old, and I couldn't have been more than 12, maybe 11, yeah, about 12. This little girl starts crying in church, and uh, the minister or whoever was conducting the service said, why are you crying? And, or no, they had to admit something that they had done wrong. Like, what did you, what did you do? And she's crying because she hadn't, read her Bible this week, and they berated this little girl. And she, like, Steph, she's like five, six, seven years old. And they just berated her and berated her. And, ber- and I'm like, this isn't, this isn't God. This isn't God, you know? So when, when you are, I, not to, I'm not trying to get off on a tangent here, but I think that part of this is that when you're taught something that you know that's not true, it's not resonating with the truth inside of yourself. Yeah. But on the other hand, it causes tremendous confusion. So I get it why people are constantly looking 
you know, and the world is always saying, look over here, right? Look over here, whether it's either bad or good, it's look, it's look over here. Everybody has an agenda to try to get you look, to look their way so that you'll believe in what they do, buy in what they do, sex in what they do, uh, you know, terrorize you about what's happening. And people just don't know. So they, they get very, very confused and it, and it keeps them, um, they don't know how to be centered in their mind. And if they were centered in their mind, then they would live in the present. They would plan for the future. Yes. But they wouldn't worry about the future no. because they have the inner knowing that no matter hap- no matter what happens, they have the ability to respond. That's right. It's the, it's the lack of belief that they have a, an, a, the ability to respond that causes them to live either in the past right. or worry about the future. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. Even if... Because I don't think it's, so it, I guess it depends on how you use worry or fear. We could look at something, we could see something coming in the future that's very disturbing. But instead of worrying about it, we have the ability to do something now. Like, okay, what can I do about this? Because right. I know if I don't do anything, something bad's going to happen mm-hmm. here. So let's do something about this, you know, or we experience something in the past that's going to repeat itself, a drought or, you know, whatever, or getting yourself in too much debt. Well, I don't want to do that again because then I know what's going to happen in the future. So I change my behavior in the present. So yeah, I think that's accurate. Okay. So how does, so that's one type of timing, right? You've got the past, you've got the present and the future and people, people live in one or all three of them at the same time, right? Like it's, they're kind of a disaster. Some people in terms of like, where are they right now? Right. I used to do this exercise with myself because I would, I would project too far into the future where I would stop myself and say, what time is it? Where am I? What color is the floor? To like bring myself back to where I needed to be and center myself around the tasks at hand. Now I use like post-it notes where I need to write things down and that those things have to get done before I can have time to think about projecting either into the past or in the future. But we hear a lot of people talk about divine timing where, and I, I know in our coaching, we'll have people come to us with an idea and it's a really good idea, right? And they're just like, well, I just don't think right now's the time. Yeah, exactly. Right? I just don't think right now's the time. Is there divine timing? Like what, what is that? So let's, let's look at, at what's happening in, insofar as the way a person is experiencing time in their life. What we experience as time is, the, is our interpretation of our reality that we're, that we're experiencing. But that reality has a lot to do with the cause and effect of our own behavior and the effect that we experience of something that we did yesterday. Right. Right? Yes. So one of the things that's very confusing until a person starts to get their life sorted out is they're consistently dealing with things that were errors in the past that they did either ignorantly or they just didn't understand or they didn't know, whatever. So they're always, de- they're always dealing with problems in their life that they created. They're not aware that they created them. And then it doesn't seem like when something good shows up, it's the right time because they got all these friggin' problems that they're dealing with. They're, vi- they're busy with this. They're busy with that. I've often talked about how many of us start off down this road of the way we think life is supposed to be. Like I did. I got married. I had a couple of kids. And I didn't have the, the ability to live up that responsibility. But then as I start to wake up 
and I'm and I'm like, okay, I need to I need to turn my direction. I still have to deal with the responsibility of these things that I did. Those are lifelong responsibilities now that I've created. So it would be very easy for me to say, well, it's not the right time for this. Well, when would it be the right time? Because you're going to be raising these kids for 20 years. You know, you're going to be married. You have all these other responsibilities. You have to figure out how to organize your life so that when the thing shows up that is the opportunity to take you where you want to go, you have the ability to say yes to it. But if we don't think that we have that much control over our life, it will always seem like it's the wrong time, when actually the only time that there ever is is right now. Yes. And in my experience, opportunity rarely shows up at what is perceived as the right time. Right. Like when I think about when we first moved, the first move that we made to Maryland, I've talked about this in the podcast before. It was like, Brandon and I and the girls were living in Wisconsin. I was flying like every other weekend to Maryland to do VIP days and, and, and to work with you. Yeah. And it got to be like, we can't do this anymore. We have to move. But it was right after, <laughs> it was right after the General Motors plant closed in Janesville, Wisconsin. And almost overnight, we had, you know, thousands of people leaving town. It was right at the, at, right in the recession. It was not a good, not a good time to sell a home. Right. Right. Like right. the worst time to sell a home. And yet we knew we had to do something different. We knew we had to, it just wasn't working. Right. It was not a convenient time to move. Right. In fact, we put our house on the market and we moved without having sold it. So we covered to a mortgage and rent for six months before it sold. Now the conventional, you know, let's be a responsible person would have a real hard time with that, right? You shouldn't move in unless it, in, until it's sold. Well, if you remember, I did the same thing. I had two houses yes. in Illinois and I went to California before, before we went to Maryland, but it was the same. It was the worst time in history. Like couldn't sell it. We were upside down on the mortgages, had to rent them out, couldn't rent them out for the value of the mortgage because we were still, you couldn't, you couldn't get it. And it's like, but here's where the opportunity, here's the opportunity. What are you going to, what are you going to do? Right. So, that, so yeah, I hear exactly what you're saying. You know, it, it's like people think that when the time is right, this opportunity will come into their lives and everything will just match up perfectly. Yep. But opportunity usually comes in the form of misfortune. Yeah. Yes? Yep, yep, yep. That's what Napoleon Hill said in the introduction to Think and Grow Rich. He said, this is why so many people fail to recognize opportunity because they see it as mis misfortune or temporary defeat. Right. So you get an idea, you get this great idea and you get really excited about it. And then you tell yourself, now's not the time. Yep. Like, I'm going to wait for the right time. There is no right time. Nope. The idea wouldn't, like, if you look at the law of polarity, so we're talking about lots of laws here. We're talking about the law of gestation. We're talking about the law of polarity. We're talking about the law of cause and effect, right? Yeah. If you say that, isn't it true that Based on the law of polarity, you wouldn't have the idea if the possibility of the idea wasn't already in the present right in that moment. 100% accurate. So the reason people push it off is just fear? Well, it's fear and ignorance. It's fear and ignorance. I want to be fair here because if you don't know, like most people do not understand what responsibility means. They think that it's this weight bearing on their shoulders or that they're to blame for something. Like, they're looking at it from this really negative viewpoint. 
They don't understand that by accepting complete responsibility, it gives them all the power to make every change in their life that they want to change. So they're ignorant to that idea to start off with. They, so if you're ignorant to that idea, you believe in victimization to some degree, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter wh- how much or less you believe in it. You, the idea is that something else or someone else has power over your situation. So you have all these things that don't seem to be at the right time, but you also don't think you have any control over changing any of them or doing anything about them. The problems seem insurmountable. And, and when you're coming from an ignorant standpoint, it's like, here's this problem. I can't do anything about that. Right. So let's look, let's look at the problem that you and I both had with the houses. Yeah. What, so the, the suggestion for the average person would be like, well, I can't, I can't leave. How the hell am I going to pay for the house? We'll raise your income. That see, most people don't even consider that to be an, uh, um, uh, a possibility yeah. at all. Yeah. So it makes total, like, go fuck yourself. I can't leave. How the hell can I leave? I got, the, I got this mortgage. I can't pay for that. I'm struggling what I'm doing now. I just opened a business. How am I supposed to do that? Right? So it appears to be like God saying, no, this is the wrong time. This is not the right time. They put all of their filter into it, or I'm sorry, all of their paradigm that they've been told about you know, I mean, sometimes people would say uh, God's delays are not God's denials. It's like, wait a second, you have the power to change this. You may not understand how, you may be ignorant to the issue, but as long as you stay that way, you'll think, no, I just, it doesn't make any sense. And everybody around you will agree with you because they coming from the same ignorance as you right. are. We just had a, we just had a private session with um, a client last week where this came up, where he had been tolerating his his home environment for a long time, right? And there was always a reason for him not to purchase the house. Yeah. And him and his wife had wanted a house and they have so many reasons why they want this house and they want to be in this neighborhood and they want to provide their kids a better education. But it was constantly being pushed back by, well, the business isn't making enough money yet. But they failed to realize that the business was perfectly set up as their vehicle to make the money that they needed to make. Yeah. Right. And they were using the business as an excuse not to have the thing that they wanted when really the thing that they wanted would actually cause the business to grow. Right. That that was my experience. Like I knew that I wanted to move. I knew we had to move. I found this, this, this house that we were renting that was insanely expensive compared to our house payment in Wisconsin. But yet I knew we needed to do it. I did it. And I, we increased our income. Right. And we were able to afford both. You also changed your need. I changed my need, yes. You didn't need any more money when you were living in Janesville. Correct. Correct. And people, people don't understand that's how the law of vibration actually works. When you change your need, you change the level in which you're thinking. So you tap into a higher level of thought consistently because it's a need. It's now an absolute in your life. When you don't have that, you don't keep your mind up there. It drops down. It drops down to the level of your need. And middle class people suffer from that the worst because we get very comfortable in our need, right? Yeah. All the way from the lower middle class to the upper middle class. The You go to people that are broken homeless, they're more resourceful than middle class people yes. are. You're way more resourceful. Yeah. They figure shit out all, all the time. Um, but we get comfortable in that place and it's like, well, that, and then what do we call it? That's irresponsible to do right. that. Right. <laughs> well, that's what, that's what he was saying. Like, this feels really irresponsible. I mean, he was like having like physical reactions to yeah. the thought of doing this. And it's the thing that's going to propel his business 
further yeah. because now he has that need and he's in an inspiring environment. Exactly. Which makes a huge difference. Exactly. Makes a huge difference. So talk to me about the law of gestation and how this plays into, into this whole thing. So within the, there's a, there's a few things within the law of gestation. There is the idea that there is a male and female in everything. So the polar opposites exist in everything. And in order for anything to grow, those two things have to come, those two things have to come uh, together. So the other thing that exists in there is the, the gestation period in which it takes for something to be birthed, right? So like, for instance, a sperm and an egg come together, we know 280 days later we're going to have baby arrive on the scene, right? We know how many days it is for a tomato plant, a corn plant you know, a, a kangaroo, a baboon, like whatever. We know those things because we scientifically work them out. But what we don't know is we don't realize is that the law of gestation plays a significant role in an idea. And, you know, it's like an idea's time has come to pass. But when, from the, from the inception of the idea, when you actually start to consider it to be something that's real in your mind, because I do think that there's that place in our mind where we think about things, right? Yes. Let me think about this. Yes. Right. Um, uh, you were asking me questions last week about some things that need to change, and I'm like, let me let me think about those things. I got to roll them around in my mind before I get an idea of what actually the decision is. Yes. From the moment you make the decision, now there's a time frame in which that becomes a reality, and that we don't know. Nobody knows that, right? Because there's so many factors that are involved in it. Number one. How committed are you to to it? What has to be done? What other things have to take place? Who else has to come into the situation? Are there resources that have to be found? Right. What's the scale? So, so what human beings have done for thousands of years is we set goals based on that. Now, a go- what a goal does is it says, "I think I can I can accomplish this thing in this much in this time frame." And I set a goal, I set a, I set a landing point, basically. All a goal really does is it is designed to show the direction in which we need to move it. That's, all a, that's what a goal is for. It gives us direction in life. It says, there's a target. I'm going to start moving yeah. towards that target. Rarely does anybody hit the goal on the first opportunity because we're guessing at what the time is. But that's what the law of gestation is. Like There is, an, there is a time frame for everything. Right. But, but when it comes to ideas, we don't know, we don't know how many days or hours or weeks or months or years it's going to take. But the time frame doesn't come into the picture until you've made a decision. Correct. So by saying now's not the right time or, you know, using that as an excuse, right. you actually like you're, you haven't made the decision yet. That's correct. You're absolutely correct. And th- so that's the ignorant part. People don't realize that nothing happens in their life until they decide. And not deciding is deciding, right? So not deciding yeah. either, not deciding is a cause set in motion, but usually it's like, it's like they, they, by not deciding, they just continue to do the same thing. So they don't always quite see the impact in a way where they link in their mind, oh, I shouldn't do that anymore because they don't change something, right? So the, the, the biggest thing that was drilled into my head when I, when I was being coached by my mentor was nothing changes till you make a decision. It was decision, decision. He was always, David, make a decision, make a decision, make a decision. And then I started to link up that when I would make a decision, everything began to change. 
the resources that I need, the people that I needed to meet, everything, right? But you get to that, you get up to that line and you worry. It doesn't look like it's the right time. Every, you know, you justify the situation that you're in and you don't make a decision. But you're absolutely correct. That's, that's like when somebody hits a stopwatch. You make the decision, click, 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 click. Now the stopwatch is going like on 60 minutes. And that, that determined, you know, now you're heading in the direction of the manifestation of whatever it is that you're trying to accomplish. And that could be an idea. That could be a desire. That yeah. could be anything. That could be anything. But anything. the key is, is that the time, the, the law of gestation starts once you've made the decision. That's right. Because you, you control it. You don't get to know all the steps before you've made the right. decision. Right. The time is always there. The decision determines what you put into that space because time and space go together. That's the mm-hmm. Einstein thing, right? Can't have time without space. So the moment that you the moment that you decide on the time, now you begin to fill that space with the thing that needs to be done that births whatever it is that's going to be birthed. Another thing about that is that while we don't control time, there is a last time for everything in an individual's life. There's only so much time that we have in our life till we get to the point where it's too late to make that decision because we're too old or we're too sick or our life is at the end or whatever, the, whatever it is. There's a last time for everything, and we don't know when that is either. Right. Right. So the idea is that when you have a desire, when you have an idea, Make the decision, yeah, and begin moving toward it. Right. Start the start the stopwatch. Right. Start the stopwatch <laughs> because then that's when our magnificent intellect can go. Oh, now I have data. I can make more decisions based on what I'm observing and what's happening. Right. So as long as I don't get stuck in right or wrong, and I'm just willing to do what's necessary to keep moving with the information that I'm getting, mm-hmm. you know, it's it's kind of like uh, the ninety percent off course to the moon type thing, right? Where it's always adjusting, but it. It gets there. There's no straight line. Constantly. Constantly. Even with flying a plane, there's no straight line. There's no like, straight line. You, there is, yeah. Right. It's always, it's always a, a course of readjustment. Correct. Always. And we find that with our business owners too. It's always a course of readjustment. You learn a little bit more, you make a new decision. You learn a little bit more, you make a new decision. You learn a little bit more, you make a new, you adjust, right? You course correct. Yep. You pivot. You, you, you do. do. Like, but the idea is that you don't take your, you don't take your sights off of that, that end thing. Now, and you become confident in that ability because it's, you start to repattern your mind. You start to restart to actually, it comes into your awareness. Oh, if I make a decision and I do this, I get this result. Now, you might intellectually know that, but if you weren't taught to do that in your childhood, you would attach the result to something else. Mm-hmm. So as we continue to do this, we become more powerful in our own realization of just how much in, of control we actually have in our life to create whatever we want. So would you say that idea of divine timing is superstition? Yes. It is superstition. It's superstition in the sense that there is a divinity outside of yourself that's timing it. Right? You are the divinity that's timing it. You're, you're bringing it into your life. There's a higher level of each one of us. See, see there's a dual side in us, right? We're, we're the, we are the law of polarity also. So you have your true desire in your heart, which is constantly trying to attract things to you to get you on the course of the purpose of your life. That's the way that it's set up. I mean, that's the way all life is set up, right? It's constantly trying to pull it on course for what it's here for. But with human beings, 
we also have the programming of people that did not know that in our mind. Correct. So that's always trying to take us off course, but it's trying to take us on the course of something different. We have to learn to listen to ourselves and follow that uh, because that's, that's, that's what keeps us on, on the correct course. But that, that divinity, if you will, if that's what a person wants to call it, is in us. It's not outside of us. That's in us. We determine. We determine. Divine timing. We determine by divine timing. A hundred percent. Wow. I think that just blew a lot of people's minds, honestly. I hope so. Um, and it's, it's really like I'm just seeing, and this was not what I was thinking of when, when I you know, suggested this as a topic, but I'm seeing how so many of us, especially, I mean, especially who were raised in religion, were taught to look outside of ourselves for everything. Yeah. You know, and, and really the, the premise of what you and I both do and, and, and the premise of the Successful Mind podcast is to reverse all of that. Right. And to show how, how wrong that is, that we hold that inside each of us. That if yeah. you have a desire, there is a way for that desire to, to be fulfilled right now. If you have an idea, there is a way for that idea to be fulfilled or beginning to be fulfilled right now. Yep. Rather than waiting for something outside of you to say, yep, it's okay for you now. Now's the time because something outside of you has said that now is the time. Right. Exactly. That's exactly true. Awesome. Fantastic conversation. Thanks, yeah, David. it was. You bet. And I think, you know, this is perfect too because we spent a lot of time today talking about laws. And a lot of people don't understand that, that the laws really hold you to truth. Like it, it, it's, it's truth, right? The, the, they're, they're, those seven laws are seven things that we know are true in the universe. Um, they're not. It's not hocus pocus. It's not airy fairy. They are the basic fundamental laws of the universe. And the thing is, is they exist in both science and they exist in religion. They may be called different things in religion, but they're all, but they're they're all there. Um, and they're they're absolute. They're absolutely absolute, just like gravity. Yeah, I'm excited about this because we are getting ready to host our very last Art of Success Summit. We are. And one of the best things about the Art of Success Summit, I mean, there's lots of best things, but is that on day two, the whole entire day is dedicated to, to teaching the laws because yeah. it's so important for you as a business owner to keep truth in front of you at all times, or you get pulled back into these superstitions and these, these program beliefs, right? Yep. So if anyone's listening and you want to learn more about the laws, feel free to join us. Uh, it's going to be October 12th through 14th. It's 100% virtual. It's very low cost ticket. We'll put the link in the show notes. So if you're so inclined to learn a little bit more, please click and join us. Hey, do you mind if I jump in real quick? Do it. Why are doing that? So hey, everybody, uh, BT here. I just wanted a great conversation first and foremost, but I just wanted to direct our listeners also to a couple more podcasts that David, you've done quite a few years back. We're talking November, 2019, going in the way back machine. You did an episode, episode 151, all about divine timing where you you went just as deep as you did in this conversation there. There's also an inside the episode one for that. So episode 151, we'll link those in the show notes as well. And then I'd also like to direct our listeners to one of the very first episodes you ever did. Episode two. Two. Episode two. Two. Right? Was that back in like 2015? That was 20, yeah, it was 2018. <laughs> it was very early 2018. We started recording in 2017, dropped in 2018. That was called the laws of the universe. That's a great place for all of our listeners. I always tell all of our listeners to go back, start there and listen. And then there's one final one that we did 
back in the era of Clubhouse. You guys remember Clubhouse? Yeah. So we had three (laughs) amazing, we had three amazing business owners, uh, women business owners on a podcast you guys did around business and how to apply the universal laws. That was absolutely amazing. We'll put all those links below in the show notes, but I just wanted to jump in and let people know that if they want to learn more about divine timing, that's a great place to start. But this was an excellent conversation, you guys. Thank you for letting me jump in. Thank you. everybody hope you enjoyed this episode of the successful mind podcast where david and i discussed all things timing if you're struggling with a decision that's based around time or you're wondering if now's the right time to do something make sure that you re-listen to this podcast and ask us for help go ahead and type in the comments we're happy to lend a hand whenever we can thanks everyone Thanks for listening to the Successful Mind Podcast. If you like what you've heard and you want to know more, go to davidnagel.com forward slash free stuff.